Welcome to Thursday Night Church. We're excited to have you tonight. Again, folks all over the world. And uh, I have some exciting news tonight. So don't go out of the room right now. Don't take a break right now. Tell everybody in your room in there, just go shh for a minute because this is going to be really important stuff. But I want to announce that tomorrow night at 6.30, that's right, Friday night at 6.30, right here at 731 Windermere Drive, we are going to have a special kickoff welcome back service here at Faith Outreach Church. Somebody said, why are you doing it on Friday night? Well, we're doing it on Friday night because we can, first of all. And uh, we just want to open it up. And if you're ready to come back, some of you still got some things you're working through and health issues and different things like that. We get all that, and that's fine. Uh, but it, it, And by the way, it will be online tomorrow night at 6.30. Don't forget that. So all of you watching around the world that don't live here and obviously couldn't get here if you wanted to, don't worry. So tomorrow night, think about that. Tomorrow night at 6.30, you get online again, and you're, we're going to have a Friday night service. The difference will be there will be people here tomorrow night. Woo, I am so excited to have some folks in the room. And uh, that'll be happening tomorrow night at 6.30. So again, FOC members and people that are local and can make it, then of course, come on out. If you're ready to be back in, in assembly, you come on out. And if you're not, that's fine because we're going to stream right on into wherever you are and God's going to bless you. Now, I'm going to give you a little information that might seem, you know, I don't want it to get too complicated, but I'm going to give you a little information. So that's tomorrow night. Say it out of your mouth where you are so you don't forget. That's right. Tomorrow night, Friday night, 6.30, there will be church at Faith Outreach Church. Now, uh, next, this coming Sunday, we will be back online only. This Sunday, back online only. You say, well, why are you opening on Friday night and you're not going to have church on Sunday? Because uh, Friday night, we're going to learn a lot of stuff. <laughs> we're gonna, tomorrow night, we'll learn some stuff that we need to know as we prepare for our big opening on June the 7th, which will be the first Sunday back. That will not be this Sunday, which is the 31st of May, but June 7th. So a week from Sunday will be our first day back in the building and uh, we'll talk a lot about that next week. But what you need to know in the immediate future is church tomorrow night at 6.30, online on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And then as we move into next week, we'll, we'll let you know next Thursday night we'll be online. We're going to have another Friday night service uh, a week from tomorrow night. We're going to do two Friday night services, just something to kick this thing off and get it going. And then on June 7th, uh, we will be having our first Sunday morning service back in the building. I am so thankful. I'm so excited. And uh, so tomorrow night, don't forget, if you can make it and you're ready, come on in. If you're not ready, watch at home. And, of course, if you live somewhere else, many of you do. We have a huge amount of people watching all over the world. Then you guys make sure you tune in tomorrow night at 630, and we're going to have church, and we welcome you in tonight. So God bless you for that. I want to mention a few things tonight. Uh, give me just a couple of minutes of your time. I want to go over our announcements. Most of you know them, but let me just give them to you again quickly. Some free things that we want you to have. Number one, you can go to YouTube or you can go to our website and you can pick up A Dose of Hope. We have like 30 episodes now that we have done. Something in that line, maybe a little more actually. And we just did a couple on Do Animals Go to Heaven. Now that one just came out yesterday. Part two will come out tomorrow. You need to watch that one. You need to share that with a lot of people. But adoseofhope.com, that's free. That's for all of you around the world. When you watch them, and of course I hope you watch them, then when you're done, go ahead and share those with other people. The fourth 
Bible study, Fashioning Our Response to the Coronavirus Epidemic, uh, Forced Bible Study. We have a brand new one that just got finished yesterday and today it's going to be available now. You can go to our website to find that and pick that up. And, of course, if you're going to come by tomorrow morning from 8 to 12, many of you will do that. I'll talk about it later. We'll have those available here at the church. That will be Bible study number five. So there are five of those. If you haven't gotten any, go online. They're all there, and they're free. SermonToGo.com, go there. We have free downloads. I, I really cannot stress to you enough how you need to listen to every message that is preached, minimum of twice, minimum of twice, because... You're just not going to get it all in one shot. I mean, and especially at home there, you probably got a few distractions and a lot of things going on. And, and uh, I've just found out in all my years of, uh, of being in ministry, I listened to a message this morning that was recorded in 1983. And I've heard that message. Now, think about that. That was 37 years ago. I listened to that message this morning. And, uh, and I've, I, I've heard that message. many, And it was like it was for the first time. I started listening to it. I thought, wow, this is like, I'm, this, is like this is fresh. So Sermon to Go, write that down, sermontogo.com, free downloads. Download them on your device, on your iPad, on your computer, on your phone, uh, adoseofhope.com, or go to our website. Those are all free. So, uh, the, so all these things are free for you. All these things are free. And, of course, the forced Bible study. Uh, then I uh, want to talk about our podcast. We have a podcast that's coming out. You can get that at outreach.fm, O-U-T-R-E-A-C-H dot F-M, F-M being capital letters, outreach.fm. Uh, I think you just type that in and you'll get that and you'll find that as well. It's a free podcast, some things we're going to be doing there. Uh, something else I want to mention to you, we, we really thought about, and I mentioned it Sunday, how can we help the people of Midland? Most of us can't go there. And by the way, Dr. Barkley's been getting help from CBN, from Joyce Meyer Ministries. They're, they're getting help from all over the world right now. They're in pretty good shape uh, as far as hands and people there working. I don't think they need folks now to go physically up there. But, of course, there's still other uh, church members need help. They need recovery. So if you'll go to our website, there's a link where you can go to Dr. Barkley's and you can give there. Rather than give to us, we're asking you to give directly to the relief fund that they have set up there, and you can find that link on our website, and that'll help them. And, you know, if it's 5, 10, 15 bucks, listen, if all of us did 10 or 15 bucks, it'd be a lot of money, and it would help a lot of people. And I've been through two floods in my basement, and I understand how it's just depressing to go down and find your stuff just underwater. Some of you have gone through it as well, so you know what I'm talking about. So if you want to help, go to our website. There's a link to Dr. Barclays. You'll give directly to them and not to us, and that way they'll get that relief. So I want to make sure that you guys had all that information. Now, we're going to, we're going to receive an offering later tonight. A lot of ways to give. You can bring your tithes here to 731 Windermere Drive. We've told you about that. You can give on our app. I hope you have our app on your uh, device, or you can text to give. So while I'm talking to you, I am going to go on to my, I'm going to go straight to my, I have FOC text giving right here on my phone. That number is 931-240-3033, 931-240-3033. And I already have it in my contact list, and I have it listed as FOC text giving. So while I'm talking to you tonight, I'm just going to go ahead and give a nice offering to the church and... There you go. 
I did it just like that. It was that fast. It was that quick. It was that easy. So that is another way you can give. And that means you can give when you're, you wake up in the middle of the night and God can tell you to give something. Maybe God blessed you and you want to give. Then you can do it. I've already got my receipt. It's already come up on my phone where I gave. So you can do that as well. You can, of course, bring your tithes here to 731 Windermere Drive or mail them to 731 Windermere Drive um, and, uh, and go to faithoutreach.org or www.livestreamchurch.com and those are ways that you can give. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thursday night. I love it. It's great having you. And two Thursday nights from now, not next Thursday night, but the next Thursday night, we're going to have folks in here. Now, I want to encourage everybody online. I want to make sure you understand this, that even after we start having people back in our building, we're going to be just as, as uh, online for you. I'm going to, we're going to have church in here, but I'm not going to forget you're out there. I'm going to preach just as hard and look at you some. And, and don't think that the online is going away. It is not going away. You are part of our church, and we're going to tell you how you can do that even more here in the next few days. And, uh, but I, I want you to understand that even when there are folks back in our building here, our online church, you're, you're still out there. We know, and we're going to keep right on coming at you. And, uh, you, know, we're, 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 you know, keep it coming, love. We're going to do some KC in the sunshine, bam, and, and keep it coming right on for you, all of you out there tonight. And all God's people out there shout it real loud for me. Amen. Well, we're going to get into the Word tonight. I'm excited. I never imagined that we'd be able to pull off doing a series online. I, I thought, you know, when we started this journey almost three months ago, of course, we didn't know it was going to be three months, but, but I thought, well, you know, I guess if we're going to do online services, I'm going to have to come up with one topic and just do a topic every service. But, but the Lord led me. He said, no, 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 this is the perfect time to get a series in, and he told me what to preach on. You know, we've been talking about the authority of the believer. So let's pray tonight. Get your notebooks, your iPads, get, get your coffee or whatever it is you're sipping on there, and, uh, and get ready to get into the Word. You young folks, you, you, I don't listen, some kids are watching tonight, teenagers. If you grab a hold of this while you're young, all you young folks out there, I'm telling you, if you get this now, if you grab hold of this now, whoo, you're going to be dynamite. You're going to do some, some huge things in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. We welcome every person in around the world. The word of God is alive. That's why we're excited. We submit to the word. Let our hearts be receptive, Father God. Let our ears take it down into our spirit. Father God, let it be activated so that the moment we finish hearing it, Lord, we meditate on it, we hear it again, maybe listen to it a second time, and then, Lord, we become not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. In Jesus' name, and all God's people out there shouted real loud, amen. Grab your Bibles. Let's run to Luke chapter 10. Oh, I'm hearing it out there everywhere. There's people screaming and shouting because we're about to read the word. Praise God. Luke chapter 10, I realize we've covered a couple of these verses. I promise you we will get into some new territory tonight, but we just want to go back and make sure that we got our foundation firmly in place. Here in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, and after these things, uh, the Lord appointed other 70 also. Now, Jesus had assembled uh, 12 disciples, 
But the ministry was growing and the ministry was expanding. And he added 70 more to his staff. Now, Jesus is about to go to 82. And it says he appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Now, now, just real briefly, why would he send them two by two? Well, remember, one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. He's talking about authority and power here. He's talking about dunamis. He's talking about if you've got one person walking in authority, that's a lot. But if you put another person walking in authority, it becomes exponential. It doesn't double. He said one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. So you see how that, and that's why if you're a husband and wife, I hope you're getting hold of this together. I hope you're walking, you're saying, man, around our house, we're going to walk in authority around here. And when the husband and wife get in this, or if you're a single person, you just get somebody else agreeing with you, it'll happen fast. So Jesus then sent them out. He said the harvest is uh, great in verse 2, the laborers are few, so on and so forth. So Jesus begins to send them out. Now we know from Matthew chapter 10, we're not going to go over there, that when he sent them out, the Bible says he gave them power. He gave them dunamis. He gave them even some exousia over demons and unclean spirits. And the disciples also had the power to heal sicknesses and diseases. So, so understand that Jesus... Uh, transferred and gave a piece of power to them. Now remember, this was before he went to the cross. It was before he went into to hell and, and got the keys of death and hell. But he was already giving them a glimpse of what it looked like to be a believer. Now we go down to verse 17. So remember, he appointed 70 here. And verse 17, let's see what happened. So he sent them out. What happened? And the 70 returned again with joy. So he sent them out with this power with this authority, and they returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. So they found out, the 70 found out when they walked in authority that even the devils were subject unto them through the name of Jesus. I want you to see that. The devils were subject unto them. Understand, if you know who you are in Christ Jesus then the devil should not be over. He's not your Lord. Jesus is your Lord. And if he's your Lord and, he's, and we know the devil's always going to be under him because he fell, we'll read it in a minute, he fell. But if Jesus is your Lord and you are under him and he's given you his authority and the devil's underneath Jesus, well, then you know that the devil's under you. Quit acting like the devil has power over you because he doesn't. Verse 18, Jesus again, remember, he gave them a history lesson. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. This is found in Ezekiel chapter 28. It's found in Isaiah chapter 14. You ought to read those chapters. It gives you a history lesson of how Satan tried to rise up against God himself. He said, I will, I will take my throne above the most high God. And of course, when he did that, just like that, he felt like lightning to the earth because his power was no match for God. And let me tell you something, it still isn't today in Jesus' name. So they came back and they said, wow, Lord, we went out there and, and when we used your name, something happened, the devils began to tremble and they were subject unto us. Jesus said in verse 19, now, I want you to hear this not as just spoken to these disciples. I want you to hear it as spoken to the believer. 
It's not just for them. It's for all of us who believe. He said, Behold, I give unto you power. Now that's exousia. That's word power. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. If you look it up in the Greek, it's two different words. You can go home and do a study on this scripture. And I give you all the power over all the power of the enemy. So I give you, I give you the force power of dunamis and I give you the exousia. That's why... That's what they experienced. They came back and they said, we didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to use force. But when we used your name, the authority in your name caused them to bow down to us. So he said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I, I got to pause for a minute. And I want, I want to slow down for a minute because I want you to come in here with me for a moment and think about the last part of this verse. It takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of faith to believe the last part of this verse where he said, I'm giving you power over serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Now that takes some faith right there. But this last part of this verse, did you see what he said? He said, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. Now if we start walking in the authority, and I'm talking about, and listen, not many people do. I'm not even telling you I do this all the time. I'm really not. But I'm telling you, if it's in the Bible, I believe it's available. And it says if we walk in this authority, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. Now think about living in a world like we're living in with chaos and death and calamity and tragedy and all that around us. Think about being able to walk in the middle of this and not be affected by it. But remember what the Bible said in Psalm 91, a thousand will fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. So listen, either God's true or God's a liar. And if God is saying you can, you can actually walk through this life and not be hurt, and I think he's talking more about physically here, can you imagine that? It almost makes you like a superman or a superwoman. Now, that sounds a little... But listen, if you have authority over devils and demons and sickness and disease and nothing can hurt you, that's a... You know, we all probably, you know, when we were little kids, want to be Superman. Well, if you'll walk in authority, you'll be as super of a man as you can be on this planet in a flesh body. And that's for every person on this planet. Can I have a big amen out there? So again, we know then in Matthew 28, Jesus said, all power has been given unto me, verse 18, and verse 19 actually, all power is given to me both in heaven and in earth. Now, therefore, you go. So we have established that right before Jesus went back to heaven, when he ascended back to heaven, that he made the commentary that I have all authority. I, it's been given unto me, but I'm going back to heaven. I won't be here to enforce this anymore. I'm not coming back down to enforce this, but he said, now, therefore, you go. And then if we couple that with what he said to Mark, Mark also heard him say some things in Mark chapter 16. Here's what Mark heard him say right before he went back to heaven and after he said, I have authority. He said, you go forth, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received. Well, what did they receive? They received power from on high. Then he told them, I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 24. You're in the book of Luke already. Luke chapter 24, I want to show you this verse that I've quoted, but I want you to see it. Luke chapter 24. Can I have a big amen out there? 
Come on now, everybody. Think about this. You have authority. Quit letting the devil dupe you into thinking that you're a punching bag for, for him, that you don't get any relief until you get to heaven. That is not what the Bible says. Luke chapter 24. Now again, Matthew records Jesus having said, all power is given unto me both in heaven and in earth, therefore you go. Mark heard him say, while he was saying this, Mark heard him say, you know, it's been given unto you now. These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll, they'll cast out devils. They'll heal the sick. They'll raise the dead. They'll cleanse the lepers. Freely you've received, freely give. That's what Mark heard. So we add what Matthew heard with what Mark heard. Now here's what Luke heard him say. Here in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, And behold, Jesus said to them, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power or authority from on high. So you, listen folks, I'm telling you that this authority and this power, the transfer has already taken place. We want, what good would this authority and power be after we die? We need it now. And Jesus went back to the earth. He sat down at the right hand of the Father and he's waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. Well, who's going to make his enemies his footstool? Well, I think he left us in charge. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we, as we go along tonight. So the transfer of authority has already happened. The biggest problem that Christians have today, most Christians have today, is they don't know what belongs to them. We just don't know what belongs to us. We've been shortchanged. We've been, we've, been, we've been taught so little about what really belongs to us. If you will get into this Bible and find out as a believer what God says already belongs to you, you will not let the devil run over the top of you, run over the top of your kids, run over the top of your money, run over the top of your family. If you're married, run over the top of your marriage. You won't do it because you'll see what belongs to you. Listen, if something belongs to you, it means it's yours. It, you have a right to it. You have a right to everything that comes with it. I have, I, you know, I, I was given a wonderful gift, you know, here two years ago. I'm still just, I, I still kind of, my brain kind of has to, to stop. You know, when this congregation, this beautiful, wonderful congregation uh, presented Pastor Ginger and, and myself with a brand new truck, I mean, it was just overwhelming. But, you know, when they gave that to me, they put that title in my name. And it's, I can go out there and get in that truck and I can, do, I can do whatever I want to with it because it belongs to me. I don't have to get up every day and go, I wonder if that truck belongs to me. No, it belongs to me. I have a title to that truck. It has my name on it. It says it is mine. This Bible says some things that are yours. You have the title deed to some things. And if it's yours, you need to act like it's yours. Praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen. Somebody shout out there. Now, when you realize that you have authority, now you think about this, a lot of you were leaders in the military. We have a lot, lot of military people in our church, and that's why our church is so great. Retired military, not as many active duty and, and at this stage of our ministry, but a lot of retired uh, military people in our church. And a lot of them, of course, were in for some time and they made rank, you know, depending on whether they were an NCO or a CO, wherever they were, most of them made rank. You know, they stayed in for a while and they made rank. And, and 
when you have authority, I mean, isn't it interesting that when you know you have authority, you really don't have any problem using it? I mean, when you know you have authority, as a parent, you know, I don't have any problem saying to my kids, now, they may not always mind, and we got some reckless folks out there, but, but when I say to my kids, do that, I mean, I'm saying it not because, I'm saying because I have authority. I have authority to say it. See, folks, we, it's amazing if you're given a position at a company, if you're given a position on your job, then, then it's, it's like, okay, I have authority here. And I'm, if I tell somebody, they better do what I'm telling them to do. Well, folks, we have authority. We've got to exercise the authority. It does no good to have authority and not use it. If you are in a position of authority and you don't use your authority, it's of no use. And that's the way most Christians have been. Can I have an amen out there now? Or an oh me or something. Now, I want to mention this. Go with me to Acts chapter 19. I'm going to just hit this real fast. And this again is some new scripture because I wanted to get into your spirit. Uh, Acts chapter 19. And verse 11. And it, we're going to talk about a man named Paul. Now, the New Testament church has been birthed. Jesus has gone back to the Father. He's ascended back to the Father. Father, he had appeared for 40 days before them. He went back to the Father 10 days later. Pentecost happened. By the way, this Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, Pentecost happened 10 days after Jesus went back. And now the church has been birthed. We're, we're moving ahead some years later. And this, this number one, public enemy number one of the church, whose name was Saul, gets converted on the road to Damascus. He was, he was the most feared enemy of the church, and he becomes the greatest advocate and the greatest leader of the church. And so we, we come along now, and Paul is in his ministry, and God is moving in. In verse 11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, I want you to notice that Paul had so much of the power of God in him, and there was so much authority invested in him, they could bring a piece of cloth, and if he had it touch his body, if they would take, he didn't even have to go where the people were. If they would take that piece of cloth to that person that had a sickness or a disease or an evil spirit, that, that authority would be transferred and they would be set free. Now, that's why in this church we believe in giving out prayer cloths. And by the way, if you're watching from some other place in the world and you want us to anoint a prayer cloth, and send it to you. Please let us know. Give us your address. We'll be glad to do it for free. No, we don't sell little bottles of oil for $1,000, and we're not doing any of that mess. We will give it to you. Let us know. But let's read some more here. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So there were people trying to imitate the authority that Paul had. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. So they're trying to, they're trying to go out there and, 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 and they're, they're faking, you know, this thing and thinking that it'll work for them. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know, but who are you? Now, we're going to find out in a minute that the man who had the evil spirit uh, it leaped upon him and overcame him and, and stripped him of his clothes and he ran away naked. Now, what I wanted you to see out of this right here is that those evil spirits knew that Paul had authority. And those evil spirits, they said, Jesus we know 
and Paul we know, but we don't know who you are, and they turned on him. I'm here tonight to, be, to say to you, if you learn what I'm preaching to you, they, those evil spirits will know who you are. And they'll know better than to mess with you. Oh, they'll try, but they'll get out in a hurry. If you say in the name of Jesus, by the authority in the name of Jesus, I command you, guess what's going to happen? They're going to run and they're going to flee from you. Can I have a shout out there and an amen? All right. So then we learned in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, and we won't read all those scriptures because we covered those in a lot of depth in some of the early sessions. And by the way, if you're just now beginning to listen, maybe the last week or two, we're on session number five on this series. Probably most of them, if not all, are on Sermon to Go for free, at least the audible ones. You ought to go back and check those out and, and get this whole series and just listen to it so that you'll, you'll know who you are again in Christ Jesus. And, and in uh, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, we have Paul there. Where, uh, we have Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, and he's reminding them, of the exceeding and great and precious power and how, how the authority that they have. And they've been seated. And he uses the word seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and far above principalities. Think about what he said there. Far above principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And notice, if you go back and read Ephesians 1 and 2, notice he uses that phrase that... The, the church there, the believers, are seated, and where you're seated is a position of authority. He said you are seated far above the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Think about that. So again, see who you are. See what your position is. Walk into your position. Walk into it. You know, some of you got to grow into your, into your position. Uh, you know, used to when we were little kids running around, and I don't know if kids do this anymore, but one of the things you do as a little kid, if you found, you know, your, your, your uh, parents' uh, uh, shoes, you'd put them on and try to walk across the floor. Well, of course, they'd flop everywhere because, you know, their shoe was like that and your foot was like that. But then they usually, back when I was raised, you know, I was raised out in the country, y'all, and they'd say, well, man, he's got to grow into those shoes. And over time, of course, as your body grows, you begin to grow into those things. And some of us need to grow up into Christ. Now, some of you have been in Christ for 10 and 20 and 30 years. And folks, being in there that long doesn't necessarily mean that you're growing. It's when you start taking the Word of God and feeding on it and saying, if this book says it, then I, I receive it and I'm going to walk in it starting right now. When you do that, you begin to grow in Christ. You can do that as a baby Christian. You don't have to be in church 40 years to learn. What I'm teaching to you tonight, I don't care what you've done or where you've been, if you grab hold of it, and I mean really put it down in your spirit, really get it down on the inside of you, you'll, you'll grow quickly, and God will honor your growth. Now, I'm going to get into some really kind of interesting things now. I want us to go over to the book of Genesis. I love the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis has so much hidden revelation that most Christians don't know. Now, in this church, I've taught out of this book quite a bit, so most of our people have heard me say probably some of the things I'll say here in the next few minutes. But I want to I just cast a light on this again. It's important for us to go back to Genesis, and we did read a couple of verses in a couple of the other sessions. I know that, and we're going to revisit those for a minute. But I want to show you a couple other things here. 
This book of Genesis gives us the mindset of what God had when he put this earth that we're in right now. And by the way, this earth was not always like it is right now. Uh, it gives us an idea of what God had in mind for us. Now, they just, uh, they just discovered a bunch more bones here in the last two or three days, actually. Some archaeologists uh, doing some diggings found some, some bones of some prehistoric type animals. And uh, listen, you, if you're going to hold on to the earth that's 6,000 years old, you're, 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 you, you, it's going to be hard to prove that with your Bible. And you say, well, wait a minute, it's only 6,000 years old because of Adam. Oh, yeah, but, but, but the earth is not 6,000 years old. You got to understand, and I, don't, I can't get into it tonight, but if you go to Isaiah 45 and, and you go over to Jeremiah chapter 4, look at verse 23, there was something here before Genesis 1, 2 on down. And that's a whole other sermon, but a lot of you have heard me preach it. I'll just throw this out at you, and it's a bonus tonight, and we, it's not necessarily in the message, but I wanted to just get your, I want to pull you in with some thinking. Um, and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we don't know when that was. In the beginning, when, when was that? That's the beginning of our time here. But that was eons before everything else that we see here. It could have been, it could have been billions of years. Because it says the earth was, and the word was there is a terrible translation uh, in the King James Version, it's a word in the, in the Hebrew that means became. So when God created the heavens and the earth, he did, not create them, he did not create them imperfect. They were actually perfect. That's why if you study Isaiah 45, look at verse 18, and Jeremiah 4 and verse 23, and then you go over to First and Second Peter, uh, you're going to find out there was a flood before Noah's flood. And you say, can you prove that? Well, I can prove it. In, I can actually prove it in verse 2. And the earth was, was, that, was without form or became, the earth became without form and was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. The what? The face of the what? The waters? Well, the waters haven't even been put in place yet. There were already waters here when God began to recreate and put things back in place. Where did those waters come from? Well, they came from a flood that happened before Adam. So that's another sermon for another time. But I want you to capture chapter 1. And I want you to look down at verse 26. We're going to read from the Amplified Classic. Now, some of you online have asked me, um, Pastor William, there's two different versions. There's probably even more of that, but the two main ones that you would probably find are 1987 and 2015. If you can get your hands on the 1987 version of the Amplified Classic, that's what I refer to most of the time. If you can't find it in print, it is absolutely online and it's free. So if you go to Bible Gateway, you can pull it up. So we're going to go to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. We've read these before, but I want to establish something in a minute. I'm going to say a couple things tonight. You're going to scratch your head when I, when I say them, but as we get through this, you're going to see that they're right here in the Bible. So here in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, the Amplified Classic. GP, are you with me? Okay, come on now. I want to make sure. Stay with me now. It says, God said, now notice this, who's talking here. God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority, complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth and over everything that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Okay, so man and woman were created. If you, Both of us have a part of us that was created in the image and likeness of God, both male and female. And there are only two species here, male and female. And God blessed them. God blessed who? Them, both of them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and in the King James Version, it says replenish the earth. Well, now, why would you have to replenish something unless it had been plenished the first time, says in the King James Version. Fill the earth, subdue it. Listen, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living creature that moves on the earth. So God gave mankind, which was both male and female, not just male, he gave mankind, male and female, he gave them complete authority over the entire earth. Think about that. I, I want you to think with me a minute. I want to I I cause you to concentrate a little bit. Uh, God never intended to put this planet here, put it in motion, and then have to come down here and run it. Well, we know that because here in Genesis 1, once he gets everything in order that comes right before verses 26 through 28, he turns around and says, now here's the thing. I've created all this stuff. Now I'm giving you, you're going to have to run it. I'm not going to run it. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you authority. I'm getting, listen, somebody doesn't hire someone to do a job and then go do it themselves. Isn't that right? So God gives them authority. He says, now listen, you got authority over everything. Actually, everything that I've created now, I'm putting into your hands. And guess what? It will all respond to you. It will all respond to you because now you have authority. Can you say amen? Now, how is authority exercised? Uh, before I do that, let me just throw this out. Eve's name was not Eve when she was first made. You said, now, wait a minute, I got you on that because, you know, God you know, brought her to him and, and Adam called her name Eve. Go with me to chapter 5. We're going to come back to chapter 1. You know what Eve's name was when she was first created? You're in for a shock here? Her name was Adam. What do you mean, Pastor William? Yeah. Both his and her names were the same. Yeah. Adam's the one that named her Eve. God didn't name her Eve. Oh, I, that's not... Oh, well, I'm going to read from the King James Version here, chapter 5, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam, or Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him... Male and female created he them and blessed them, and he called their name Adam. He called their name? He called their name Adam. Really just means man, mankind. So God originally, this is important. I'm going to show you why in a minute. God called Adam and Eve the same thing. You know why he did? Because there was no difference. There was a difference in their physical appearance, but there was no difference in their authority. There is no difference in their dominion. Everything that was created would respond just as much to Eve as it did to Adam. So God called them both Adam. You are over mankind. Now, Adam, think about this. 
Adam, we go back and read, and now that you got me going there now, you're going to make me go over there. Go to chapter 2, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and so we're going to find out here that God, you know, brought her to him and so on and so forth. And, and she was called Eve and all that. Anyway, we don't have time to get, but you know, Adam named her Eve. Now, here's the thing. Here's what's important about that. Adam already had faith inside of him when he was put on this planet because he called her Eve, and Eve means mother of living. She hadn't had a baby. There were no babies born yet. They didn't happen to after chapter 3. So Eve had never had a baby. God called them both Adam. Now, I know, now I know some of you are going, but stick with me a minute. God called them both Adam because they both had complete authority. But Adam looked at her and said, I'm going to call you Eve. You're going to be the mother of all living. Well, she hadn't had a baby yet. But see, Adam had faith, and he called something that be not as though it were. The, the, the power of faith was already, God used faith to, to put everything in motion, and Adam already had some of that faith in him, and he was already speaking it out. I hope you see that because let me, here's what's important. That's, here's why this is important. Faith and authority have to go together. Without faith, you won't walk in your authority. And without some authority, you won't ever use your faith right. That's why we see in the early book here. Now go back to Genesis 1. Now some of you, are, you're still going, ba-ba, 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 ba-ba. So when somebody says, you know, Eve's name was Eve when it started out, you'll be able to say to them, no, it wasn't her name, was Adam. They'll go, her name was not Adam. And then you take them to chapter 5. And you just say, well, let me school you a little bit. Now, here in Genesis chapter 1, let's go back here and let's find out how is authority exercised. I think now you're beginning to see that you have authority. I believe now that you can see the picture clear enough in the Old and New Testament that authority is supposed to be with man. It is supposed to be with mankind. You say, yeah, but Adam and Eve fell. Well, they did, and they gave that authority over to the devil. But remember, Jesus got it right back when he was here and gave it right back to us. Problem is we're not walking in it, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Go back to Genesis 1, verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were made under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Now, here's what I want you to see. The first part of verse 6 says, and God said, that's the first three words of verse 6. Then God said something. I want you to see the last four words of verse 7, and it was so. God said, and it was so. Verses 11 through 15, you're going to see this pattern where God said, and it was so. 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 And what I'm saying to you is the way you use authority, the kind that we're talking about with the Bible, is you've got to say it. See, this answers the question, if we've been given authority and we've been given this position in Christ, then why are we struggling? And why are we having, you know, financial issues? And why are we getting sick? And why are we going through why, And see, Those are the questions. And a lot of Christians go, well, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. And God's going, going, I gave you authority, I gave you authority. What are you doing? Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? See, why are Christians suffering all the time? I'm not, we're all going to get tested and tried. That's our Sunday morning series. But why are some Christians in a trial 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you see them five years from now and they have not made another move. They're right where they were. They haven't progressed. They haven't grown. They're still moaning and groaning and complaining. And the reason is that they are not walking in their authority. And the Bible says the way you start walking in it is you've got to say it. God's, not, God's already given you his word, but it's got to come out of your mouth. Can I have an amen out there? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching now. You got me all excited up here. Somebody shout amen out there. Somebody online get happy out there. Praise God. Somebody send up some hearts. I know what those little things are. Send up some hearts and some thumbs up because we're getting into some stuff right here. Amen. So what you say is critical. You have power. Proverbs 18, 21, we're not going to turn there. But I've preached this for years. And, and for all of you, I, I, let me slow for a minute and stick with me. There are two main groups watching me tonight. One group is this group of your young believers. And you haven't really even heard much of this before. And maybe, you've, maybe you're an older person, but you've never heard this. And you're young and you're hearing this and you're going, wow, where was this all in my life? I really get excited about that group. So that's one group. I know some, that's why I'm slowing down a little. I want you to get this. There's another group of you out there that have heard it before, but you're absolutely not walking in it. Now, I mean, come on. Come on. Now, be honest. You're not walking in this at all. And we've got to all come to a place where we embrace what the Bible says. Listen, it takes courage to believe what God said about you. But God said this about you. Now, uh, so how, by what you say, that's how the authority comes out of your mouth. This is, this exousia, this regal power, this power of the word of a king that we read over in Ecclesiastes last week. The word of the king, it says when the king gives his word, no one else can say anything other than, well, that's it. You know, the, the, it's been decreed. You know, it says in Job, you can decree a thing. And so once you realize you have that power, you have to say it out of your mouth. Now, that's how you exercise your authority. Now, let me give this to you. How do you not exercise it? Because most Christians aren't exercising it. How do you not exercise it? Number one, by not knowing. Now, that's not your fault. It is a shame that a lot of people have sat in churches for 20 years and never heard what I'm preaching tonight. We've had a lot of people come through our doors over the years, and here's what I've heard them say over and over and over again. They will come up to me and say, Pastor William, I've learned more in six months sitting in here than I learned in 20 years sitting in such and such a church. So one reason that you'd not, you would not exercise your authority is you just don't know, and that's not your fault. That's why, really, it is really important where you go to church, and it's really important who you listen to. And somebody can be a good man or good woman of God. We're not questioning whether they're a godly man or woman, but folks, you need to be somewhere that's telling you who you are in Christ Jesus, not just stroking your little ego. Amen. Some of you may have to reassess where you're going to church that are listening to me tonight. And you got, I mean, I'm not telling you the Holy Spirit will have to deal with you, but you might need to find a place that's different from where you're going. Yeah, folks, we need to get out of the ankle-deep water and get on into the part where we can swim. You know, like it says in Ezekiel chapter 47. And by the way, if your pastor doesn't know Scripture, what are you doing there anyway? Amen. Now, 
So number one, how is it not exercised? Number one, by not knowing. Number two, by not saying. Now, I want to hit on this for a minute because you say you just did. No, I didn't. You can know this, but, you know, you have to say this. You have to say what, you, you have to say what the Bible says. By not saying, it's not enough just to, it's not enough to have a Bible. The whole key, Proverbs 18, 21, I mentioned it earlier. I said we're not going to turn there. What does it say? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Look it up for yourself. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power, the authority of the tongue. So how are you, how are you not going to exercise as a believer? Number one, you don't know. Now, that's not your fault but I'm trying to help you there. Number two, by not saying. So if you're going to listen to these messages and then not say what the Word says about you, guess what? You, you, even though you, now you're going to know you have authority, nothing's going to change because you're not saying. And then number three is really deadly. How are you not going to operate in this, this authority? By saying the wrong things. You cannot let what, what, what you are accustomed to letting out of your mouth, jump out of your mouth when you get under pressure. And let me just tell you this, out of the abundance, Matthew 12, 37, out of the abundance of your heart, it, it leads down to verse 37. It says, by your words you're justified, by your words you're condemned in verse 37. But it begins by saying, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth's going to speak. Why am I telling you to listen to these sermons again? Because you're going to have to get more and more inside. Because you're going to have to clean out some stuff in there. And the way you clean out some of the junk and the garbage of the world and philosophy and bad teaching and theology, you're going to have to put as much word in there as you can get so you can force some of that other stuff out. Because here's what happens when you or when I get under pressure. Whatever we have the most inside of us is what's going to come out of our mouth. And remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Some of you are catching this tonight. Light bulbs are going on out there. I can, I can see that. So by not knowing, we're trying to fix that. By not saying, all right, and then, of course, by the way, by, we would throw in there knowing and not saying is, is why are you not doing that? I mean, if, you're know, if you know this, you need to say it. The devil's counting on you. See, when you cut off this, when we cut off this stream here in about 10 minutes, the devil's counting on you for getting this whole sermon. Maybe you'll remember one little point, and he's counting on you not acting on what you've heard. Even though you know it, you're not going to say it. And if you don't say it, your knowledge of it doesn't scare him at all. See, this Bible doesn't scare the devil at all. What he's scared of is when you say it. Remember, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, it is written. He didn't just stand there and go, I'm the son of God and you can't touch me. No, he took his authority and said, it is written. And then when he did, you know, the devil tried everything. The devil had to leave him because he spoke in his authority and he will leave you. The Bible says resist the devil. How do you do it? You don't just sit there and go, mm, 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 mm. what are you doing? I'm resisting the devil. Mm, 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 mm. That's not how you resist the devil. You resist the devil with this Bible. And the Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. The word flee means to run in panic. It's as if you're in an auditorium and there's some fire breaks out and you're running for your life. 
Did you know that's what that means in the Greek? That if you resist the devil with the word of God, he'll, he'll be running for his life to get away from you. Now, some of you are catching this. Please listen to this sermon again and again and get it in your spirit. And then by saying the wrong things I just mentioned, quit letting the same old stuff. Well, you know, the corona's out there, and if I go out in public, I'm just going to die. I mean, come on, man. We're, get, get some authority from the Word of God. You know, well, you know, I, we're not going to get any money and we're just going to lose our house. Stop that. Where, where is your authority at? Come on, use your authority. The devil's counting on you to either not say what you know or to say the wrong thing. And you've got to be smarter than that. I heard about this husband and wife. Uh, and listen, this again, mo most of the body of Christ, and the reason I've slowed down and I've taught five sermons on this. I'm going to teach one more next week. We're going to get in our sixth uh, session. Right, it'll be our last online Thursday service, uh, exclusively online. Now, everything else is going to be online all the time. But uh, I want to go back and say something I said earlier and I've been saying all along. You know, the book of Habakkuk says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's where we're at in most people's lives. Uh, and... I heard this story about a husband and wife and they got married and someone had paid for them to have this suite at this hotel. So they got married, they left, they went to the reception, they headed to the hotel, they checked in and they went into this hotel and they, they went in and it was a huge parlor room that they went into. And when they first walked in, they were like, wow, this is the best thing in the Wow, this is really awesome that we get to have our honeymoon right here in this room. They looked around and they didn't see a bed anywhere and it kind of threw them. They saw a couch and a table and, you know, some other things. It was a big room. And they went over to the wall and they saw this little handle thing and they pulled it and a bed came down. And the bed came down, you know, and I forgot what kind of bed they called that, but some of you ladies know. But anyway, they, they pulled that bed out and uh, they got ready to sleep on it and it was beat up and beat down and the mattress was lumpy and bad and and it was awful, and it made their, their honeymoon terrible. And they got up the next morning. They, did, they couldn't hardly sleep. They were, they were bruised and beat up and worn out and tired. And, and uh, they left there, and, and, and uh, you know, they, they, the guy asked them, said, you know, how would you like your room? And they said, well, can we be honest? And he said, well, be honest with me. He said, well, I tell you what, the room was fine. It was nice. It was huge. Everything was really cool in there. And... and uh, you know, I thought we might have had a basket of goodies and stuff, but none of that was in there, but we're okay. And thank you so much for what you did. And uh, they said, well, we've got to be honest. That bed was lumpy and bad and terrible. And, and the person who gave them the, the gift said, well, I can't even believe that. We've stayed there before. That is awesome. I mean, that bed is, that's probably one of the most expensive beds and mattresses on the market and, 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 and all of that. And we had a huge basket with all kinds of stuff in there. They said, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. And they said, well, wow, that's really strange. And they, they said, no, no, the bed, they said, you know, when we, when we let it down out of, the, out of the wall and got on it, that thing was beat up and beat down. They said, what bed? They said, the bed in the wall. They said, no, we mean the bed in the bedroom. And they said, there was no bedroom. He said, wasn't there a door in there? And they said, well, yeah, but that was a closet. They said, did you open it? And they said, well, no. And they said, well, guess what? If you'd open it, it was a huge bedroom with a beautiful bed and a, and a sauna and all these amenities and a huge basket waiting for them. Now, what I'm saying to you tonight is where most Christians are, 
is we settle for what we think is ours and we don't open the rest of the doors that God has for us. God has a lot of doors waiting for a lot of you that you haven't walked in yet. The Bible says that God's people would build goodly houses and dwell therein. And I'm telling you, we've let the devil dupe us and make us think that we, we, are, we have to take the leftovers and we have to be beat up all our lives and we have to be sick all our lives and we have to be without all our lives and we just have to be depressed all our lives and we just have to live in fear all our lives. And that's where most of us have been and the whole time there were other doors waiting and all we had to do was open them that God had for us. Now, I've, I've got a lot more to say tonight, but my time is up, and that's why we'll save it to next week. But I wanted to get this in your spirit tonight, that you, the transfer of authority has already taken place. Now, we see clearly in the book of Genesis that God's intention from the beginning was I'm going to make this wonderful place. And by the way, the Garden of Eden before the fall, it was plush. The Bible says there was gold there. Uh -oh. Where do you get that from? Well, of course, I get it from the Bible. Again, it's amazing how people don't even read the Bible. There was gold right there in the midst of where they were at. They were in a plush garden. Everything on the planet, if they said something to it, it responded. The plants responded. The trees responded. The animals responded. Everything on this planet responded to them because they had complete, remember, complete authority. They had both Adam, because they were both Adam, and then they became Adam and Eve. They had complete authority. God never intended to have to come down here. The only thing he came down for, if you read in the book of Genesis, before the fall was to walk with, just to take a stroll with Adam. And, you know, God was like, it's all yours, man. It all belongs to you. You got the keys. You got dominion. You got it all. It's all, it's yours. And then even after the fall, and the devil did deceive them and, and stole that authority, we see Jesus go to the cross. We even see him given some of that. He had it in a, in a mortal body. But we see him given that, and then later on we see him go to the cross, go into hell, be raised from the dead. And he said, by the way, when I get back to heaven, I'm tagging the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be endued with power, power, authority, power, power from on high. And what did Jesus say the church was going to do? Oh, did he say we weren't going to do anything near what he did? Did he say the church will be quite anemic after I leave? I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost, but it's not going to, you're going to, I mean, it's going to be way below the way it was when I walked here. Oh, no. He said, and greater works will you do when I go to the Father. And then did it happen? Well, read the book of Acts. Those people turned the world upside down. They got endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1, 14, we see the list of the people. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, we see how, what the event that happened, how power came down, and we see them turn the world upside down because they realized who they were in Christ Jesus. They realized the authority they had as a believer, and so can you tonight. Let me pray for you tonight. Just wherever you are right now, I tell you what, stand up for a minute and shake it off a little. And, you know, the heart can only receive what the buck can endure. And let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, say this out loud. Say, I receive power, authority from on high. Father, remind me every day of who I am in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I have the right to walk in authority and reign in this life 
right now. And I believe that when I speak, things will change. And the devils will tremble when I walk in my authority. So devils, get off my family. Get off my money. Get off my family. Get off my body. Get off my destiny. Get off my future. I receive and I walk in the authority from on high that's been given to me as a believer in Jesus' name. Amen.